Excuse me. What? Where are you taking us? Mexico. What's in Mexico? Mexicans. Welcome, everyone, to My Bleeding Ears podcast. This is episode number 101. My Bleeding Ears 101. 101. (laughs) We're back uh, for the new year. We took about three weeks off. It was a long time, man. It really was. But we got... Stressed you out. It did. But we got to watch a lot of things, and we got to... Relax. Yes, exactly. So, um, we're all healed up. We're all healthy now. And... Here we go. Let's, you know, let's get into this, because let's not waste any more time here. Yes, agreed. Tired of asking how <laughs> the holiday was, so let's just get to it. I know how yours was. I was there. All right, our first movie that we're going to discuss here today has been a long time coming, and I've seen previews for it on YouTube for a while now, and it was a crowdsourced documentary film called In Search of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick synopsis. Uh, it's an exploration of 80s horror movies through the perspective of the actors, directors, producers, and effects craftspeople who made them and their impact on contemporary cinema. So uh, this is this is all about 80s horror movies. Kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it is. It is about 80s horror movies. Um, they go through... Every year in this documentary, it's this documentary is four hours long, four yeah. and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. So I was pumped, man, because I love long ass documentaries like this. I was too, because yeah, what Crystal Lake Memories? Yeah. we got Never Sleep Never Again. Sleep Again. There's a bunch of those out there. There's like a nice long one for Street Trash, you know, and, <laughs> and Creep Show. There's another one, Return of the Living Dead. There's all these documentaries that are either just like DVD extras, or you can find them on YouTube, or they're their own movie even. American Werewolf in London. I'm yes. going to watch that one again soon. Yes, and that one's great, too. Mm-hmm. That one's it's really, like, quiet and everything. <laughs> it's, it's a cool one. I mm-hmm. like that one a lot. The Thing um, oh, is yeah. a really good one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, being a huge horror fan than I am, and I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast or who are part of the uh, Prescribed Films Podcast Network, mm-hmm. we're all horror fans. We love horror. And we always want to learn more. But it's getting harder and harder now because we're we're seeing all these different movies out there we've seen probably a a good chunk of the 80s horror we've seen them yeah. all we know a lot about them we're mm-hmm. we're we're fans so we we know and those are the people who are going to watch this documentary exactly that's your audience yeah but unfortunately this movie was not made for that audience i was really disappointed by this documentary it covered a lot of the the big franchises, like uh, uh, Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween even's on there like three mm-hmm. times. <laughs> of course, that was <laughs> too a, many. Too many times. They, Although they, just, they did do Season of the Witch. Sorry. Um, yeah, they did. And that's, and of course, it's part of the Halloween franchise. They had to do it. And that's 
they just kept going through all the different segments through each year. Like, they started out with 80 and 81, 82. And in between those segments, they'd have other segments talking about um, the final girl in horror, or the music they used, or the effects they used. And then they would go off and do about, like, ten more movies. But my problem with that is that they just kept doing the same franchises over and over again, and I really learned nothing new, other than some of the Stuart Gordon stuff, which I think the reason why is that they keep going over the kind of the same franchises, because they had a limited number of actors and uh, creators and directors, so they kept going back to... Uh, John Carpenter or Stuart Gordon, which was cool to learn about student Stuart Gordon some more. He's not sure. really as mainstream as those guys, or and or learn about Barbara Crampton more. That mm-hmm. was really I like those segments, or like Brian Usna, they were which they talked about a little bit, but we didn't really get to learn about a bunch of other horror movies that not too many people have seen, maybe or not or haven't seen it as much as they've seen the other franchises like Halloween. Right. Who just know everything about those. Like, I heard a story from John Carpenter about um, how each Halloween was supposed to be different, but I've been hearing that same story right. for, like, nearly 20 years now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it just seems like these guys who who did a well job, I mean, this was well made. Um, the people they got even, too, are, they got some pretty cool people. They got Tom they Atkins and John Carpenter, and they got... Some YouTube personalities, some of them are shitty, some of them are good, but they, they, they went out there and got a few of them. But overall, it's it's just a rehash of all these big franchises, and I feel kind of bad for for the people who who uh, threw in for this, uh, I think it was Indiegogo or, uh, okay. or something. I, I Someone let me their Blu-ray of this movie, so I, I was able to see it. Um, and they had a lot of troubles too with the with their Kickstarter, wherever the fuck it was. Like people were getting sent like the uh, the Blu-ray case with like a uh, a disc in there that was just like a copy disc. There's like no what oh. label on it or anything. Mm-hmm. Their posters that were being sent if they 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 paid uh, a certain amount for that tier, like the poster was bent oh. in quarters. Oh, wow. <laughs> so That's they kind of got screwed out of that a little bit. I feel bad. Because it, it really seemed like they were going to go in and see some of these tougher movies, you know? Like Slime City. I, they kept showing the cover for Slime City. Yeah, so they kept zooming out of this huge picture of all the cover art of all these VHSs, of all these yeah. horror movies from the 80s. And then they would zoom in on one. But there was always one, like, in the peripheral vision. And I'd be like, wait, what's that one? Yeah, I've I want to learn about that. that one. Yeah. Mausoleum? You guys are going to talk about Mausoleum? <laughs> I talked about Mausoleum. Right. What are you going to say? No, they just kind of go over that movie. They go over... I saw Demons and Demons 2. Like, we didn't talk about any of those. yeah. They talked about, like, very, very few foreign horror. If any at all. Like, no Italian horror is in there. Mm -hmm. No Japanese horror. Which seems very wrong. It is. Yeah. I I think I'm going to have to... I have to give this documentary a D plus. For me. For me. Now, okay... This movie would be good for people who are kind of maybe just getting into horror or maybe some youngsters who haven't had the amount of time to get all this information as like you or I have. That is true. So I think this would be cool for them. Yeah. So it's not a complete fail. To me, it's not a com- it, it, it's a fail but not a complete fail. They I, they really did well and like the editing and everything. 
one thing I did like also is that there's no narrator. Right. Like uh like we like the the toys that made us I and shit like that. that. I hate that. And then there was um <coughs> and there's the Fright Night documentary where they had the faux Peter Vincent coming out. Oh yeah, I hate that. Was that was fucking horrible. Yeah. No narrator. Great. I like that aspect mm-hmm. of it. No one being goofy and shit. And also this this documentary wasn't really goofy either. There were people up there trying to tell jokes the whole time, right. you know. It was they they kept it kind of serious but somewhat lighthearted too. Right, there were still anecdotes. And, yeah, yeah, and that and that was great. I liked all that, but just the, the content that they had didn't please me, I guess. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I get it. I wouldn't grade it so harshly. I give it a C because I feel like I there was very little that I learned that was new information to me. <clears throat> they had like great guests, said. but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. great guests. <clears throat> Hell, they had Joe Bob Briggs. He's barely in the fucking thing, and that dude can He's talk really not all the time. All. Yeah, maybe he was busy. He, it's <clears throat> nice that he showed up for this. Yeah. Yeah, but he was, is busy, in fact, right now. We know yeah, that. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe Dante, uh, he got to speak a lot. That was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Keith David was cool to see. But like I said, uh, any last thoughts on In Search of Darkness? I thought Darcy the male girl was very insightful. She's awesome. I, <laughs> yeah. I like her a lot. <laughs> she had it's, a lot of good things to say. She, unfortunately, she has the, the porn star stigma attached to her, and so people kind of aren't appropriate to her sometimes. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or, or they, yeah, that's it, it, un, unfortunate. It, uh, right. Adult actors are, are people, too. So. Yeah, and I wasn't saying that, like, oh, I'm surprised that she's articulate. Right, right. That's not what I meant. I know, I, just I know meant, that. Like, I don't know who this is at all. Right, yeah. All and I know is that she's a porn star, and she loves horror. That's clear. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I, I liked on Joe Bob Briggs, where she wanted them to show Halloween 3 on Halloween. Mm-hmm. But they showed Halloween 2, 4, and 5. 5, of, uh, she vehemently hated yeah. She was very open about how much she hated it. And then the last movie, she loved. She likes 3. She thought 3 was the best one. She yeah. came out dressed like Tom Atkins from yes. Halloween 3. <laughs> so, she did. So yeah, it was funny. <coughs> but yeah, uh, don't pay any money for this movie. If someone has a no. DVD or you can rent it maybe, then yeah. Other than that, don't, don't, yeah. Really put it on in the background once it's free, exactly. Yes, this is a good background movie. Mm-hmm. Or you can just watch all those other ones I said before, all right. those other documentaries. And... It just made me want to watch like Crystal Lake Memories and yes. Never Sleep Again again. Now, another documentary that came out on Shudder. Uh, it's called Smoke and Mirrors, the story of Tom Savini. This was, um, I thought it was okay. There was some pretty cool information. It was more about him as a person than about him as a creator. You think so? Yes. I, I feel like we already knew so much about him and his work that maybe we didn't learn anything new, but I feel mm-hmm. like it had a lot to do with his... Yeah, we. I, I learned a lot of things new. One one of the biggest things that you learned from this documentary is, is why he stopped doing effects. And he was like, I've never really said this out loud before. Is that I, I can't do it anymore because he has some medical condition, which I'm thinking oh, maybe right. is like he he has like uh, what you call arthritis. Yeah, maybe. I just meant like about how his special effects were done. That's all. I, oh, I don't yeah. think I learned anything new about that, but well, uh, about his life and yeah. See, I, I'm not even talking about how they're done. I just thought they would go through some of his creations. Okay. Maybe. 
but it was more of a personal thing. Yeah, it was. Which, which, which was fine. Um, yeah. yeah, you did get to learn about that, and you learned why he doesn't do effects anymore, because he can't. And, and it's unfortunate. And I have even said it on this podcast, like, oh, yeah, fucking, um, what's his, Greg Nicotero's totally passed him up. Well, it wasn't necessarily his decision now that right. you know, I didn't know mm-hmm. before, and I was kind of being a dick about it, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you learn about that. So, yeah, check it out if you want to learn about the man, not necessarily about his his time doing these movies that he's right. been associated mm-hmm. with. They an do, interesting man. It is, yeah. yeah. And they talk a little bit about, I like how they talk about his directing uh, when he directed Night of Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And how it didn't come out the way he wanted it to be, and how they had to cut things out of the movie. So yeah, it, I would check it out on Shutter if you've got Shutter. For sure, it's, it's yeah, it's not bad at all. <clears throat> now, <laughs> let's start getting into some newer movies that, like actual movies that have come out. <laughs> 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 not documentaries. Not documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're <laughs> real movies, but um, like theatrically released films. Yes. Uh, well, Star Wars Episode Nine came out, the the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. came out, and I'm just going to say that I'm happy it's over. Is I, it, though? Uh, with the whole Skywalker thing, I'm done with it. Yeah. I think this last movie, they kind of just, kind of just slapped everything together and maybe inadvertently ruined it. It was very... <clears throat> rushed and yes. i don't have a lot of emotional attachment to star wars so i walked out of there like okay that was entertaining yeah and well, i i thought it was entertaining too yeah but i am i'm a pretty big star wars fan and when you you bring back the fucking emperor you totally just take away everything that darth vader has ever done yeah and it means nothing anymore and that's how i felt when i left the theater nothing I was it was it was I was entertained but I left with nothing and relief I guess that this shit's over with and that no one else can fuck it up even the creator himself and I'm a man who likes the prequels even you do yeah we started watching the prequels and yeah. you insisted that we watch every Star Wars movie but so far we made it through one we you crashed out at the end of it <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was fine. C plus. I saw plenty of YouTubers who just hated it. I yeah. was reading all kinds of scathing reviews, and I guess if I were a diehard Star Wars fan, this is so rushed it would yes. probably upset <clears throat> me. Yes. And the characters aren't fleshed out except for maybe Kylo Ren. Yeah, and he's the best character yeah. in this whole last trilogy. Mm-hmm. Ray was cool until this last movie. Uh, Finn and Poe were cool until this last movie, and they just kind of took everything away from him. Yeah, why is Finn so grumpy in this movie? Yeah. He was funny and, like, boyish and excited exactly. about things in the first yeah, one. He was, like, the heart yeah. of the new trilogy. Now he's just walking around like, eh. And now he's fucking Chewbacca. You know what I mean? He's the, he's the background character. It's not fucking Chewbacca, just well, to be clear. Yeah. Of course not. That was it's fucking that word was just <laughs> emphasis. We all wish he was fucking Poe, but no, 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 <laughs> can't have that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was disappointed. I still, I was still entertained, but at the same time disappointed. All the actors are great. It's not their fault. Mm-mm. It's it's rushed. Rushed the directing. 
even like writing Dom- the writing Donald Gleason I'm gonna spoil this spoilers for the next like minute or so Donald Gleason General Hux's death is so fast and stupid and stupid and he actually turns on the first order he's the rat among mm-hmm. them yeah. that uh, Kylo Ren was looking for um, and that is interesting. You're like, yeah. all right, let's see a little bit more about how General Hux doesn't like this anymore. Yeah. And then he immediately, they figure out he's a rat and he gets shot he in the shot. face. Yeah. He's dead. Disappointing. I know Donald Gleason is very busy. <laughs> Could have used a few more scenes. Yeah. They signed on for this movie. They were supposed to be there. Yeah. But anyway. All right, that's <coughs> enough Enough of Star Wars. It's done with. It Good. Was fine. Or it, it was, wasn't. It... <laughs> It was yeah. This whole last trilogy, um, it's fun to watch, but I also got. I have to remember too that these movies are made for children. True, all of them. How all of them? Yes, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, we uh, Star Wars fans who grew up with like the first trilogy and the second trilogy are a whole older now, and these these movies aren't necessarily directed toward you, except. Kind of they are in a way. Um, other just to get you and your kid in there, they're going to throw in all these nostalgia pieces for you. Right. And you're like, oh, I remember that guy. I remember this. I remember that. So I think those, that's how they hook you. They'll, yeah. They'll throw in the fucking Lando or Millennium Falcon somewhere. Lando has nothing to do. Yeah. I forgot he was in it <clears throat> until he came back and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lando's, Lando's in, this. in this movie. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Okay. Next movie that isn't terrible... Is the movie The Lighthouse. Yes. That's available to buy on Prime, so I bought it. I own it now. You own the movie? Own The Lighthouse. Wow, you really wanted to see this movie. I really, really did, yeah. What did did you think? I'm still digesting (laughs) it. Because part of me feels like I already saw it, in a way, with Cold Skin, with Ray Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true, yeah. It feel... Terribly original to me because I've seen a movie very similar to it. The outcomes are different. Yes. Sorta. Yeah. Mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm still digesting. I think both the actors, Robert Pattinson, who I've really never seen in anything but Twilight. Honestly, <laughs> I know he's done a ton of other stuff and he's been critically acclaimed, but this is the first thing that I've seen him in that is not Twilight. Um, and he's great, Willem Dafoe. Also great. Yes. Um, I'm I'm still soaking it in, and I, but I don't want to see it again. So no, I, I have to. I own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I like this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. It's interesting. It is interesting. I agree. It's it's you get two good actors in there, and they play off each other very well. The chemistry is excellent. It is, yeah. and they just go for it and. Yeah, it's just two guys in a fucking lighthouse for the most part. Uh, they have good times, they have bad times, and you just get to see them just divulge into madness, kind I guess. Sort of lose their minds because of the solitude of this lighthouse, right. yeah. They run out of booze, so they start drinking oil mixed with honey. <laughs> yeah, oh god. Yeah, it's nuts. It, it, I, I like this movie. I know a lot of people don't. And they're like, oh, well, David Eggers, he did The Witch also. Yeah, which I really like. So you like it more than I do. I think yeah. I like The Lighthouse more than you do. Okay. Uh, this movie's, uh, I can see where people are like, oh, where are all the mermaids and stuff? And Well, there's one. There is. <laughs> but it depends if it's real or not. Who knows? Right. It's ambiguous. But it's, it's, 
it's 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 shot in like a postage stamp like uh, aspect also mm-hmm. to where it's not even the size of like uh, a tube TV. It's even smaller. Black and white. Kind of yeah. black and white. It's kind of like an old silent film in a way, but of course with sound. And it takes you back there a little bit to where technology isn't there at all, <laughs> really. Right. There's a fucking lighthouse, right? Poop in a bucket, yeah, and you have to exactly. carry that out to the cliffs and dump it. So, so I think that choice was, was pretty smart, so it can get you into yeah. that time. Yes, and I feel like that is very effective. I was right there, and I wanted to take a shower when it was over. Yeah, it was pretty gross, too. Yeah. <laughs> so lighthouse yes for me yes for me too definitely i just i would encourage you to check out cold skin if you love the lighthouse because uh, lighthouse has kind of been done before a little bit yeah it didn't have the the, the sparkly guy from twilight it did not it fucking the punisher in it that's why it did have yeah ray stevenson <laughs> <laughs> now next we got into our little um into the dark kick here yeah on hulu there's this series you probably know about called into the dark it's a different movie for every holiday a horror movie for every holiday and i'm really digging this series they're not all winners the one no. we're about to talk about not a winner kind of a loser mm-hmm. but yes they're sorry, not all great no but they're they're i can't say, really say any of them are really great they're good I won't get to one that I actually think is pretty great. All right, our first one yeah. that we saw is Uncanny <coughs> Annie. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, on Halloween night, a group of college students get trapped in a mysterious board game that brings their darkest secrets and fears to life, where they must play to escape and win to survive. You had me at Halloween and group <laughs> of college students. <laughs> yeah, you, you were right into this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of this one? I didn't like it. Uh, it didn't make me angry. I didn't uh-huh. think it was very good. I thought the special effects were s- silly. Yeah. And that would be something if you wanted me to think this was campy and fun, but I don't think that's what you were going for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You? I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't hate I, it. I thought it was fine. I somewhat enjoyed it. I like some of the characters in there. I think the one girl who we kind of want to live, doesn't live, throughout the movie. Which... And that disappoints me. It's not, mm-hmm. I know you're trying to do that to surprise me, but mm-hmm. but you made me like her the most. You made me think that she was the, like, survivalist. Mm-hmm. And you took her from me, and I didn't find it amusing at all. Yes. I wasn't like, oh, you sneaky bastard. Like, oh, I don't care about <laughs> oh. this movie anymore. Yeah, she was the only really, <laughs> she was the most likable of all the people. Yeah. And she kind of, she, Close to the end of the movie, she's gone. True. Um, but yeah, I thought this one was fine. And Said I. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Next. But there are so many that are better. Right. This one that we're about to talk about, for instance. Which one is that? Midnight Kiss? Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Kiss follows a group of longtime gay best friends and their straight female besties. They head to a beautiful desert home to celebrate New Year's Eve. One of their annual traditions is to play a game called Midnight Kiss, a sexy but ultimately dangerous challenge to find that special someone to help you ring in the new year. Relationships are put to the test, and truths are revealed as the night turns into a fight for survival. So basically, when they were younger, they were all kind of having sex with each other. Right. And then they started this game to sort of branch out and date other people. And two of the characters clearly had just broken up last year. They'd been together for a little while, and they'd just right. broken up, and they're kind of just seeing each other again for the first time, it sounds good. It right. sounds like. 
I think the relationship dynamics are all interesting in this. Yes, I do. It's off to a good start, I think. Yeah, everyone pretty much fucked everyone in yeah. this group of friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Including Hannah. Hannah banged a couple of these gay yep, guys. true. When they were younger. So, but now <laughs> there's someone going around killing all these, all these friends. Right. Mm-hmm. One by one. All slasher film. So it's a good old slasher movie. It yeah. is. And you seem to like you seem to like this one a lot, huh? I did like this one. I yeah. thought this one was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought I kind of it's on the same level as the last one, uh, Uncanny Annie. I thought it was fine. I thought the reveal of of the of the 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 uh, killer disappointing was disappointing. Yeah. But obvious by the end. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty obvious. Even by the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I. I Guessed it was either one of two characters, and I got it right. Yeah. But there is one death that surprises you, I think. Mm. At least it surprised me. Not that the guy died, but who killed him. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. But, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that, that, like, that was... Ooh, curveball movie. That was a nice little surprise in mm-hmm. that part, I agree. But, yeah, this one was fine. It was fine. Uh, the, the dynamic of the characters is what really drives this movie. Agreed. And their relationships... And their interactions. So that's what I would watch this movie for. Two uh, main main characters are very likable, I think. Yes. And then all the other main <clears throat> characters are pretty likable too. Yeah, they're not bad. Uh they're they're people at an age to where I'm not anymore, it yeah, seems like. Yeah, you're like, grow up. Yeah, exactly. Like, get yeah. over it. <laughs> Jeez. Get over old. yourself. Go ahead. We're old now, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I say check this one out. Definitely. On you should definitely check it out on like New Year's Eve or like hungover on your couch on New Year's Day. Yes. Check this movie out. Yeah, not too many gay horror movies out there. No. Here's here's one for you. If you it's a good one. Check it off your list. If you haven't seen what was the other gay one? Hellbent. Hellbent. Also a great Halloween. That one was better. Gay horror movie. Yeah. That one is better. You're right. <laughs> this one's good. I like it. Our third of four Into the Dark movies. I told you we watched a lot of them. We watched a bunch of them. A nasty piece of work. This is a Christmas movie. Uh, The boss of a private equity company invites a couple of his employees (laughs) over to a Christmas party that turns out to be an intense competition for a promotion. It seems like he does this every year. Right. He takes two or three people and invites them over to his house. Um, Yeah. Eh. You seem to like this one more than I did. I thought I it was okay. I, I like to see Julian Sands pop up every yeah. once in a while. Yep. So I enjoy him. Other than that, yeah, it was it was okay. I I don't even remember the ending now. To oh, be honest I do. with you. Uh, so yeah, I it remember was fun. the ending, but it's I'm sorry. No, go okay, well. Yeah, it's I guess a little surprising, but not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to just say it? Yeah, just say it. Watch I don't this? Give, give so. Julian Sands has been conning them with his wife. He shoots his wife, and then it turns out that whole thing was a ruse. His wife is fine. Um, And so I believe he wants these two guys to kill each other or go through a series of tests. It's like cheap thrills. Cheap thrills. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Only it's not as good as cheap thrills. Um, And ultimately, the guy who wants the promotion kills Julian Sands. And then at the end, he's got Julian Sands' job, and that's the end. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, shit. Yeah. 
Didn't remember that at all. Was yeah. he the dickhead or the other guy? No, the other the guy. Although player. they're both kind of dickheads. Yeah. Just, yeah. There's level of dickheadedness, I right. guess. One was un- not likable at all, and the other one you're just one like, ugh, I can tolerate cock, this the other guy one, at work. Yeah. yeah. He was a little wiener. <laughs> <laughs> no. Of course this guy's my boss now. Okay. Ready? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next movie, which one I'm pretty sure is your favorite of the four, yep. is called Puka. Puka, another Christmas movie from last year that I haven't been able to watch until this year because Christmas was over and it's illegal to watch Christmas movies in, like, January. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. (laughs) A struggling actor takes on a seasonal holiday job as the mascot for the year's hottest new toy, Puka. However, after putting the costume on, he develops two personalities, one for himself and one for Puka. Now, I remember I, I've heard of this director before, Nacho Vigalando, who's done quite a few movies, okay. horror movies. He did, like, the ABCs of, of oh, uh, all right. death. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's Time Crimes, I think, is another one. I could see how he could speed this up to, like, a short. Yes, yes. The, this one he fleshed out. I really liked this one. It's a spin on... A Christmas Carol that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And there are thousands of iterations of A Christmas Carol, but I've never seen this one before. Yeah, this did one was interesting. Yeah. It was. Uh, I did like this one, not as much as you did. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, some pretty cool acting by the main actor in it. Yes. And um, yeah, I would say check this one out. Definitely. But not now. you got to wait until December because it's illegal. Yeah. So we won't talk about it anymore. Maybe we'll bring it up for next year or this year yeah. for Christmas. It's I think it might be a staple Christmas movie for me. I liked it. Okay. Well, you had that one and I guess I have to wait another year now to watch uh wait for further instructions. Oh, yeah. Wait. Did that was that rentable and we just didn't it's, rent ne- it? it's been on Netflix for like a oh, year. Oh, crap. Yeah, it's just bums me out, man. I don't you'll have to make me watch it. It's never going to be my idea. <laughs> Our last Christmas movie, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Well, I think see. so. <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. Well, sort of. Oh, they shit. were billing the last one that I'll talk about as uh, a Christmas movie, but it's not. Okay. Uh, and on the Apocalypse. We finally saw that movie because yeah. it's available on Prime. Mm-hmm. I I think we both been wanting to watch this film. I'd heard good things about it, that it was right. very entertaining. And yeah. I did, and I was skeptical about it. I, okay. uh, I thought it was going to be a silly uh, uh, musical, uh, like zombie musical. Right. And it is, but it's not it silly. Is, yeah. It's actually really well done, mm-hmm. and it's it's not stupid. There yeah, are, um There's a song, uh, I believe, that they sing in the movie, and it, it resonates through the movie, saying kind of like, not everything is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this movie kind of proves that <laughs> in, in a way. Yeah. So, um... A zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas, forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones. But they soon discover that no one is safe in this new world, and with civilization falling apart around them, the only people they can truly rely on are each other. Uh, yeah, so I enjoyed this one. There were, the acting was really good. The I'm happy they got people who can who can dance and sing yes. to be in this. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, some parts they'll give to a big actor and they can't sing or dance. Christian Bale. But... He um, can sing, okay? <laughs> he just can't dance to save his life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a good showing. I enjoyed this movie a lot. They didn't make it stupid, which I yes. can appreciate. 
And it, but it's still fun. Yes, yes. Some parts are silly, but yeah. Some parts are sad. Some parts yeah. are have loss. It's kind of akin to like Shaun of the Shaun Dead. Shaun of the Dead. That's exactly what I thought yes. about because Shaun of the Dead is funny and light through a lot of it, and then it gets real dark in some places, and yes. then it ends funny and light. Yes. So I recommend this one. Check out if you don't have Prime, uh, rent it. But you should probably have Prime anyway. It's pretty cheap. It's only like $8 a month or like $7 or what, $70 a year for Prime. It's $119 a year. Holy shit. They raised <laughs> the prices, not in they? They did. So wow. now you're prepared for that charge. <laughs> Fuck, okay. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> shit. But yeah, I think I saw it. it's like 12 or $11 now. So yeah, I think that's about it now. Do you pay monthly? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I pay once a year. Yeah. What is? Now this next movie I didn't see. This is all you. Uh, yeah. It's, it's called Jack. Jack <coughs> goes home. This had been recommended to me by Prime. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I watched uh, what's the other Rory Culkin? Oh come on. Lords of Chaos. Thank you. <laughs> and then I think it was like, well, you like Rory Culkin? <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> So I watched this, um, Jack Goes Home, 2016 on Prime. Uh, After his father is killed in a car crash, Jack travels home to Colorado to help nurse his mother, who was injured in the crash, back to health. There, he uncovers long-buried secrets and lies within his family history, his parents, his friends, and his very identity. This is written and directed by Thomas Decker, who... Immediately, I remember him as John Connor from the short-lived TV show, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's in other stuff. He's definitely a guy that you know. Uh, I think this is his first feature film. He's done some some shorts, but this is his first feature-length film. And it's good. I mean, for your first feature-length film, this is good. Uh, You got some great people to be in it, too. Rory Culkin... Uh, Lynn Shay, <laughs> I guess just those two <laughs> that I remember. Well, Britt Robertson, you, you may not know her name, but you'd know her face if you saw her. She's not in it very much. But uh, it's got some twists and turns. It seems like it's a ghost story, but it's not exactly. It gets real fucked up there at the end, and there is a dog death, I should Aww. warn you, and it's real sad and bloody. Aww. Um, you don't see it, but you oh. see the after- aftermath of it, and that's enough for me. Oh. And that right there, I was like, no, wait, I hate this movie. <laughs> and oh. then the end, I was like, right, that's sort of interesting. It's a little bit cliche. It's been done in 1999 in <laughs> a big, popular horror movie. Which one? The Sixth Sense. Okay. But it's not him. Uh, so I pretty you can probably figure it out anyway. Oh, so I sort of ruined it. <laughs> that I sort of rolled my eyes at, but I didn't expect it. So I'll give it that. Um, I would say check it out. Uh, I was reading that a lot of people thought that Rory Culkin's performance was sedate, but I think that that's pretty much what the character is like. Mm-hmm. He's sort of this hipster, like nothing affects me character. He just he seems kind of sedate anyway. Yeah, I mean, so it feel like he was perfectly cast in a role like this. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> yeah, like, he's fine. Yeah. He's kind of limited on the shit he can do, but yeah, he's fine. But he surprised me in Lords of Chaos, especially at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I thought his performance was very good at the end of Lords <clears throat> of Chaos. You love the Lords of Chaos. I did really like it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Jack Goes Home on Prime. Check it out. Um... 
There's dog death. You should know about that before you watch Aww. it. <laughs> Our next movie, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> no, that I would never watch. <laughs> All right, Cannibal Ferox then. We'll yeah. watch that one. All right, next one is all of you again, because yeah. you watched this whole series, and I it's did. called You. You, season two is season now two. available on Netflix. Mm. Um, and just the general synopsis, a dangerously charming, intensely obsessive young man goes to extreme, extreme measures to insert himself into the lives of those he's transfixed by. So this is a crazy psychopath stalker. Um at the end of season one, he actually kills the woman that he's been dating, which surprised me. I really didn't think the show was going to go there, but it does. Nice. And that's where the book goes, too. So in the opening of the second book, he decides to go from New York to L.A. because this woman conned and robbed him. So he's going to go from New York to L.A. to find her and kill her. In this, he's just trying to get away from all the stuff. I don't even... It's pretty vague why he decides to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said before about the first season of You, this is a Greg Berlanti, Sarah Gamble show. It's unbelievable how Penn Badgley can make you forget that he's a psychopath. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, oh, I feel like he's turning over a new leaf. And you're like, Wait, <laughs> like 10 people are dead. <laughs> um... So they humanize him way more than he's humanized in the book. And he narrates the book. And it's like American Psycho almost. Because okay. he's, he's merciless. He has no feelings at all. Although he sometimes believes he does. He definitely doesn't. And Penn Badgley just takes that up a notch. He really hmm. believes that he loves these girls. He really believes that he's he is changing and getting better. And then he's not. He's at not all, at all. At all. <laughs> and even if he is, he murdered a bunch of people. He should not be on the street anymore. They do change the end of the book a lot. And I like the end of the show a lot better, actually. Hmm. I think okay. the end of the show is a lot more interesting than the end of the book. And I don't want to spoil it because Penn Badgley is awesome in this. And Victoria Pedretti from um, House on Haunted Hill places love interest in this also great hmm. she's excellent and they make her character much more interesting than it was in the book hmm. so yeah check it out you season two binge it how many episodes 10 12? episodes 10? yeah and i got through it in a weekend oh i know i know yeah you're really looking forward to this mm-hmm. like <laughs> <laughs> fucking serial killers man <laughs> love them yeah but this one like you you're like angry when you snap out of the dream that you're like you know, Joel Goldberg is an okay guy. <laughs> like, wait, no, he's not at all. <laughs> all right. Now, it's our final movie, but it is also the first Jesslyn Spoils It All of 2020. It is Jesslyn's Corner. I'm not going to blog about it. I don't even know what to You shouldn't blog. You should just talk about this one. <laughs> this is... It was built as a Christmas movie because it came out at Christmas, but it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. Yeah, what the fuck do little mammals know about Christmas anyway? This is Cats. Cats, yay, this is perfect for this show. Cats, let's talk about Cats. We talked about the trailer because I was mad at people who were scared of it because this is, from the trailer, I was like, this is the musical. This is what you wanted. (laughs) This is what it is. It's weird, and everybody's dressed up like cats, and there's dancing and singing. That's it. So it got such scathing reviews that I was like, all right, I got to see this. And I got to see it in the theaters before they, because they were going to digitally change some things that people had pointed out, like mistakes, like being able to see Judy Dench's hand and wedding rings. I was like, I got to see it right now. (laughs) I tried to get you to come with me, but you wouldn't, and that's fine. I'll make you watch it when I buy it, because I'm going to buy it. It is... 
the worst movie that I've ever seen in my life, and I can't wait to watch it ten more times. (laughs) (laughs) So this is your 2019 Veronica. Yeah, maybe. This is your Veronica, because that's what Veronica is to me. I need to see that movie again, which comes out in February 20-something or other. But yes. uh, February 25th. 25th. Yeah, it's an insane acid flashback um, about Cat. Now, this is based on T.S. Eliot's poetry, and it's based on Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical. And Tom Hooper, who did... uh, Les Miserables. Les Miserables to critical acclaim, they Mm -hmm. hired him to do Cats. And I feel like Tom Hooper looked at this and was like, you can't make this into a movie. And producers were like, well, you're gonna. And how about this briefcase full of cash? Yeah. (laughs) So he did the best he could with the source material, which, now I'll admit, I I loved musicals, especially when I was younger. And when I watched this movie, I knew most of the songs. Like, I I had not been admitting to myself how well I knew this musical. (laughs) But it's not just, the musical is weird and silly, but this just takes it to a whole new level the cats are like lizards, and there's some point where a guy, a cat, like, climbs down a brick wall. Like, cats can do that. Like, I started to wonder, has Tom Hooper ever seen a cat before? Has he ever pet a cat before? Yeah, the, their sizes changed. I really didn't think that was so bad when you mentioned it in the trailer, but watching it in the musical, it is. It's bizarre. Yes. Like, their sizes are different. Um... This is a poorly made movie. I feel like I came home and I said, my brain is broken. It just broke my brain. I don't know what to say about this. But I need to watch it a bunch more times. Um, Jennifer Hudson is disappointing. Like, they did her dirty. It is not her fault. It's not your fault, J-Hud. And the most entertaining part of it is Taylor Swift. To be perfectly honest, it really is. But even that, some cats have boobs and some cats don't have boobs. People were mad about Jason Derulo's package being CGI'd out, but that didn't bother me as much as, like, how do you decide what cats have boobs and what cats don't have boobs? And I said that because I mentioned Taylor Swift. They thicken her up everywhere. Taylor Swift is, is a thin woman she's a beanpole yes yeah and if there was a cat to give breasts to wouldn't be her right any other fucking they give her boobs and much more of a butt and that's definitely i have seen taylor swift's body and that's not it they've thickened it up yeah and fine i mean i guess fine i don't know (laughs) idris elba's part is bizarre judy dench definitely lifts her leg in one scene and I didn't. I don't think that I knew that Ian McKellen was even in it until I saw the movie, and then I started thinking about how I would watch the musical and be unfazed at the things they were doing. Like Ian McKellen was the theater cat who would greet people at the door, but then he also talks about starring in a play. And when I was like nine, I was like, "Yeah, no, that that's that adds up." Cats star in plays. I'm like, what? What do you mean he was starring in a play? Yeah, he did Macbeth. Do you know that? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's the most bizarre thing that I've seen so far this year. Because it came out last December. But I saw it in 20... No, I didn't. I saw it last December. Yeah, you saw it the... Yeah, yeah. wait, yeah. Cats? Yeah. Yeah, you watched it in December. December. Uh Uh-huh. Still, I think it's, I'm going to count it as the most bizarre movie I've seen yet this year, and I do not think anything will top it. 
And I have had people on Facebook go, it's just like the musical. If, if you don't like it, then you don't like the musical. And okay, fair. I don't really like the musical, but this is insane. I encourage everybody to watch it because it's just nuts. My brain is broken. And also, well, let's talk about some of these characters a little bit more. Okay. Okay. So we got James Corden in here. The fat. The fat cat. Like alley cat who eats out of the restaurant garbage. Right. So he's comic relief, the fat cat. Yeah. But then we also have Rebel Wilson, who also oh, plays yeah. a fat cat, too. I didn't too. even say about, anything about her. Yeah, she's also the fat cat. She's the first real cat that you meet. Because you meet all, like a bunch of cats in an alley, and then they start singing about individual cats. Because the whole point is, Deuteronomy, who's Judy Dench, is going to pick one cat to go to the heavy side lair, heaven. Only one cat gets to go. And when I was a kid, I was like, sure, that adds up. And I'm like, why does only one cat get to go to the heavy side Who layer? the fuck put <laughs> Judy Dench in charge of putting cats <laughs> in the fucking heaven? She's like a thousand-year-old cat, and she gets to pick. It's Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> spoiled it for you. Well, then they all die, huh? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Or they get to try again next year. Um, but, uh, right, so Rebel Wilson. You meet Rebel Wilson... She's dancing around her apartment or whatever, and you meet the mice that she's holding hostage that she just randomly eats while they dance for her. And then a troop of people dressed up like cockroaches who are scaled to cockroaches Mm -hmm. that dance for her. And then she randomly eats them as they're dancing for her. And then at some (laughs) point, she unzips her fur and it's all like sequins and these little booty shorts underneath. And you're just like, why? Why? (laughs) I realize this isn't realistic, but I'm scared. So, okay. I have a question for you. Yeah. So all these cats... Like, have, they all have names, right? Who gave them these names? I want to say T.S. Eliot, but I'll be honest, I haven't read any of the poems. No. But no, I'm, I'm saying, like, who in the play gave them these names? Oh. So, in the play, all the cats are talking to you, the audience. Uh-huh. In the movie, since they can't really do that, because uh-huh. it's a movie, they introduce a character that doesn't exist in the okay. play, and they all sing to her. She's a cat. Okay. She gets dumped on the street, and she doesn't know about all these stray jellical cats. So okay. They're teaching her. But who gives the cats their names? I mean, apparently the owners. Okay. So the owners well, gave them their names. You know what? That's not fair. Because okay. <laughs> jellical cats... They get names from their owners, but they also have a name. They sing a whole song about how they have names that you'll never know, that they'll never tell you. Uh-huh. So maybe that's what these names are. Okay, because I'm looking yeah. through the names here, and the names of the cats, we have Grizabella. Yep. Okay. Old Deuteronomy. Yep. Bamba Lorena. She, and she's only got one number. She's really not in it that yeah. much. Yeah. Monkustrap? Monkustrap? I don't know who that is. I think... That's maybe just an ensemble character. Maybe you just okay. never really know his name. Right. Rum Tum Tugger. That's Jason Derulo. Uh huh. Okay. Demeter. Okay. I think that's Greek another. Mythology. Let's yeah. bring that shit mm-hmm. in here. Well, wonderful. Skimble Shanks. He's a railroad cat. <laughs> Apparently, they have cats on trains. I don't know. Buster for Jones. Now, that's the closest cat name I can think Buster of. Buster for Jones. And that's a fat cat name, obviously. <laughs> it's James Corden. Rumple Teaser. Yeah. Rumple Teaser and Mungo Jerry live together and they <laughs> just wreak havoc on their on their human's house. They steal stuff and they ruin things. Okay. Cuz all the songs are about different cat personalities. 
Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, I feel like it's giving cats a bad name. Like, yeah, cats are mischievous, but cats are awesome. Like, stop making cats look so bad. Like, they're going to ruin all your stuff. They're the best, and they might ruin some of your stuff. Jenny, any dots? That's Rebel Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles. I've heard that one before. He's like a, a magician. But his whole song is about... How he can just disappear and throw his voice and, you know, that like the elusive cat. But the whole time he's like pulling a rabbit out of his hat and giving you flowers. And I don't remember if that's in the musical because I've only actually seen the musical once. But I, I just the things that he's saying aren't don't have anything to do with the things that he's doing. Okay, so you've only seen the play once. Yeah, I've only seen but it But you, you know all the music. But I know all the music. <laughs> I listened to the music more than I wanted to admit to you. <laughs> I even know. I had blocked it out until I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, shit, I know all the words to these songs. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's enough about Cats. All right. <laughs> it's nuts. You have to see it. Please, I'm begging you. It's the oh. best thing you'll see all year, and it's the worst thing you'll see all year. All all time, maybe. <laughs> I I do want to see it, but I have to get blitzed before I do. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. Like I I can't be sober for this movie. No, you shouldn't. About a bunch of horny fucking cats. Yeah, and so my favorite number with Taylor Swift, I'm ruining this whole movie. Good. She comes down from a chandelier on the ceiling, I think it's a chandelier, and she's singing about Idris Elba's character, who is also some sort of sorcerer, apparently. He looks like a pimp. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of how he's dressed. Um, he, But he he's trying to kidnap all the other cats who might go to the heavy side layer because he wants to go to the heavy side layer. Uh, so the songs that they sing are all like auditioning for old mm-hmm. Deuteronomy for Judy Dench, but he doesn't sing it. Taylor Swift sings it. She comes down from a sand- chandelier and she douses everybody with this sparkly catnip. And then they all start like writhing all over the floor. And it's someone on Twitter called it distressingly horny. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that scene is. Yeah. Oddly, my favorite number. Yeah. Distressing horny. Yeah. That's what I think I'll just... That's what I think as a person Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber is, is just... Distressingly horny. Distressingly horny. horny. No, I feel like cats, colon, distressingly horny. Cats. (laughs) That should be its tagline. fuck. All right. Go see cats. Or don't. Or (laughs) tell you what, how about you just stick with us and we'll get to our movie of the week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2013 apocalyptic film, or, I don't know, pre-apocalyptic film? Present apocalyptic film? I mean, I think it's it's like hours away from the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) These final hours from 2013. A self-obsessed young man makes his way to the party to end all parties on the last day on Earth. 
that ends up saving the life of a little girl searching for her father. The relationship ultimately leads him on a path to redemption. Now, I watched this movie, which I thought I watched it with you. You were so sure. Probably about, I'm going to say four years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe even, yeah, about four years ago. Because you talked about it on your other podcast. Yes, I did. Yeah. And I liked it a lot. And, um, and I watched it alone, I guess. You definitely did. I have never seen this movie before. <laughs> and then I started talking about this film, and you were like, nope, never seen it. And I kind of went through the whole film, and you're like, nope, never seen it. And I was like, you know what? It's movie of the week, because I need to see it again. And you were also convinced that I had seen yes, it. Yes, I had. And I was like, you know what? We're going to be ten minutes in this movie. You're like, oh, I've seen this. I've seen it. And nope. you weren't at all. You haven't mm-hmm. seen this film. And I, I, when I, when my first time around, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the second time around, watching it with you, I enjoyed it even more. Um, what did you think of this movie? I really, really liked it. And okay. I walked in with no expectations, because it's not my first apocalypse movie. Right. And we started talking about it, because I was talking about Melancholia. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of expecting it to be similar to that, and it is not at all. Not at all, yeah. right? <laughs> I haven't seen Melancholia. I'm not a big Lars Rancher fan. It's like what weird rich white people would do if the right. apocalypse was coming and this is middle class australian fe- uh, yeah, people so this takes do. place all in australia uh, meteor hits the north atlantic ocean therefore like it's kind of i, I want to say it's farthest away from uh, uh australia to where this meteor hits so it takes ask. the longest time to get there as opposed to like the united states and canada because during this movie, we we hear uh, a uh, radio D- VJ DJ, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like from Zombie Three, right? Yeah, Zombie Three. I'm gonna say, or uh, the Warriors, where we get you know insight every once in a while for Silent Hill. Silent Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Uh, crap. Which one? Downpour, I think. Oh, yeah. the video game. Oh, yeah, the video game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you get some of that. It. it this is it. This lands like 12 hours away. Uh, the impact is 12 hours away from Australia until it, it hits Australia. Because what's going to happen is everyone's dead. This this meteor is going to come in and just annihilate the Earth. There's nothing you can do about it. Everyone's dead. Yeah, and the everyone knows it. Are just gone. Just yeah. Is what this video guy this, this, yeah. this meteor asteroid or whatever is eating everything up. It's mm-hmm. just annihilating everything. Uh, so, but in Australia, they still have a little time to go. And we're introduced to this one character who, uh, this guy, he's been in, uh, a few movies that I've seen. Uh, Snakes on a Plane was one of them. Mm-hmm. I remember his character. He's like kind of almost the main character of that movie. Uh, Wolf Creek and Chernobyl Diaries. Uh, I remember him in Chernobyl Diaries. <clears throat> Nathan Phillips. Yeah. That's a nice strong name for an action hero. <laughs> Nathan Phillips. <laughs> Uh, he plays kind of like, I don't want to say he's a loser or anything, but he's definitely had problems in his past, probably with drugs, I'm thinking. Yeah, and, he's and kind a, of a loser. He's kind of yeah. a loser, but he's not evil. Right. He's not mm-hmm. out to hurt anyone. He just seems to run from his problems. He's just selfish. Yeah. Right. So our beginning of the movie, we really don't see the impacts of the asteroid. We just see kind of news reports of it about to hit, and then all the things that are going to happen. People and... calling their family members. Right. Yeah. And this is right in the beginning. So right off the bat, we know everyone's going to die. So 
our opening scene of our main our main characters of uh oh damn what's his name in the movie james james and his girlfriend who's played by um she she plays huntress in the the dc tv series that are going on on wgn so she plays the huntress in that jessica degau i think is how you say it other than that i haven't seen her in shit yeah and the director of this movie his name is zach hilditch he um he did this fuck what was that one movie i i just looked it up the other day and it was an okay movie i didn't recognize anything shit i'll have to look it up again but he did something decent and he's got some other movies coming up too i Uh, noted that everything he directs he also it also looks like he wrote it right so he's got a strong voice yes he does Uh, this movie's only 79 minutes long, too, mm-hmm. so I'm, you loved that, and I liked it, too. It didn't need to be any longer than it no, needed to be. Yeah. This was, I think, the pacing and everything in this movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see um, James and Zoe, that's his girl, or we don't know, we think it's his girlfriend, but we find out later it's not necessarily his girlfriend. Right. That... Um, they're fucking in bed, no, still knowing that the world's going to end. Mm-hmm. And afterward, they're, they're having time together, and he kind of just can't take it, and he leaves. And we, we're not 100% sure of why he's leaving his girlfriend, which we think maybe. But then we see him in the bathroom covering up a hickey, so we're, we're kind of assuming that he's hiding that from another girl right. that he's seeing. So he can't really, he can't handle something really so he leaves her well and zoe says go be with your girlfriend go be with he knows about her he knows about her yes and so he leaves and on his way to this party which we'll get to is fucking crazy uh he sees that there's this 10 11 12 year old girl being carried off by two grown men and we kind of get this we kind of know what's going to happen um because nothing, nothing. Who gives a fuck anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. I was very. Who scared gives a for shit? Her. Yeah. So yeah, we see these two men take this little girl into this house, and James is watching this whole thing, and all of a sudden his conscience kicks in, and he goes and he saves the girl. And what I like about this scene, when he saves her and he kills the two men that are trying to rape her, he hits both of them like once with a hammer, and it's it's never really that violent, and you never does it more than once it's always just a one shot he's not like a killer and i I think that really shows you that he's not a bad guy and that that he just kind of puts these guys out of their misery with one shot and he's not a violent person really yeah because yeah a lot of times when it's hammer death you see him just go crazy yeah exactly all he wanted to do was get them to stop moving right and he did that he he meets the little girl and she's played by um andrew rice uh she was latest in the the spider-man movies the the newer spider-man movies as that one pudgy dude's girlfriend in the last one and the the reporter in the first one right yeah that's right (laughs) i saw her first time i think was this movie then i watched the nice guys and she's really good in that movie too okay which you should really see that movie. Really I know, good. I should. <laughs> you're not the only one to say that. I'm what, your dad too probably said? No, I don't remember him. Oh, okay. But yeah. Shane Black. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, he Shane meets up with it. her, and they. Uh, she lost her father. They got separated. So he, pretty much for the rest of this movie, he's trying to find a place to drop her off. Yeah. And, that, and not necessarily her father or her her aunt's house which she says if they ever get mixed up they should go to her aunt's house 
He doesn't um, have enough petrol to take petrol. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough petrol. <laughs> so he, he, they're, they're running out of gas. So his first thing that he thinks of is like, okay, I'm going to go to my sister's house. She has kids. I'm going to drop this kid off there so she can spend the remaining time with someone. Because mm-hmm. I got shit to do and, and I don't even know why anymore kind of thing. Right. So he goes to the sister's house and we see that the house is empty but there's someone might be in there, but it's just her sister and her husband had already killed themselves and their kids. Yeah. So they don't stick around there very often. And at this point, he's like, okay, I'm going to... He was thinking about ditching Rose there. Mm-hmm. But he ends up not because she comes... She He told her to go swim in the pool and she comes and sees that he's in the car and he's about to drive off. And she opens up the handle and it's locked and he won't let her in at first, but then... He lets her in, and um, he's like, well, I have to go to this party. I can maybe take you there, or we'll see what happens. So they And she's like, yeah, maybe someone can take me to Aunt Janice. Right, yeah. yeah. So it didn't have to be him the whole way. <clears throat> but what they end up running into next is just, I mean, everything's fucked up around them. Mm-hmm. And they, they see this couple with two kids walking to this library. Yeah, I think it's a library. Right, where, and this guy's a cop, or was a cop. And he's about to kill his kids in the library. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like he, James thought he can drop Rose off with them to maybe, once again, have some family around for her. Not necessarily her family, but some people to be around with and right. not be alone. So, uh, but then they they walk in on the guy with a gun. He's about to shoot his kids. Mm-hmm. And then the guy's like, hold up, wait a minute, can you do it for me? And he's like, no, man, I can't do it. Do it like, yeah. no. And then the guy keeps asking him for forgiveness, asking James for forgiveness, which is is crazy because James is the fuck up. Right. And here's this cop who's this this figure of authority coming to him for once in his life, asking him to do this, mm-hmm. asking him for something, and then asks him for forgiveness. And not necessarily the right guy, but he forgives him, knowing that you know what, what the fuck am I going to do, kind of right. thing, you know, mm-hmm. where he's trying to still deal with his shit in the next 10 hours that he has left in life mm-hmm. <clears throat> and after that they uh they leave there and i want to say that's right around the time they head to the party yeah i don't think anything else really when, happened. when does machete guy happen oh the that machete guy the machete guy happens right in the beginning yeah right when you know shit's going going cray and there's just this crazy machete guy walking around, and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone in Australia has a machete. I just said, I was like, <laughs> it, it is my belief, like my stereotypical <laughs> belief that all Australians own a machete. <laughs> that's, that's my racism against Australia. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, so that no. happened, whatever, nothing really happens with machete guy. No. <laughs> uh, so then we go to the party, and that's where this movie like really fucking picks up. Because this, this is like a... This is like a Vegas party where there are no fucking rules. People are fucking everywhere. Yeah. Uh, boobs all, boobs over, the all over the place. I was disappointed that there weren't dicks all over Didn't the place. Didn't see any too. dicks. Yeah. There were 12 breasts that I counted in this movie by eight different women. I feel like there would be dicks flopping all over the place. There should have been dicks flopping all over the place. Yeah. Not fair, but fine. No. Um, people are playing Russian roulette because who gives a fuck? You're going to yeah, die in eight hours matter. now anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So they start blowing each other's heads off. People get wasted. People fucking everywhere. And he goes there to meet his his girlfriend, who uh, Vicky. Vicky's mm-hmm. her name. 
played by Catherine Beck. I've never seen her in anything before, but she's really good in this movie. She's done lots. A lot of these people have done lots of TV that I just don't know because it's Australian. probably Australian yeah. TV. Yeah, she's she's really good in there. And she's not like his other girl that he was fucking in the beginning. She totally different people. Like she's more Vicky's more wild. like party girl, yeah. wild girl, doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck. And the other person's more relaxed and chill and kind of just likes to uh, live life as it comes and and not be nuts, I guess, and just mm-hmm. just watch things pass by in a way. Um, so we meet her, and yeah, she's trying to fuck him, and he's totally not into it, because throughout this movie, we, we know, or we're getting flashbacks to the conversation that he had with Zoe, the other girl, back at her apartment at the beginning of this movie, which they didn't show us their entire uh, discussion that they had. They come back in a few flashbacks. Yeah, they come what back they, to it. But what they talked about, and they flesh things out a little more. Instead of giving you everything in the beginning, they kind of flesh it out a little more. So you, um, so from there she's trying to fuck him, and um, her brother, who is throwing this party, has built a an underground bunker to where they can hide and, you know, uh, you know, maybe live or ride this whole thing out. He is certain. He, yeah, Freddie, Freddie, her brother is certain that this will work. Right, and so Zoe, um, not Zoe. Vicky's like, uh, here, I got a surprise for you. Come check this out. So she shows him the underground bunker, and he's like, you know, this isn't going to protect us. We're going to die. This, We need to be thousands of miles underneath ground. Kilometers. Kilometers, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kilometers above ground for a start. Like, this is just a coffin. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even if we do survive the year, what, you think we can just get out? Right, yeah. We, like, <laughs> go back to our lives? Yeah. And at this point, you know, he's going to leave. And then this is when Vicky just falls to pieces. And which is warranted. Yeah, which... I wrote, Vicky is chewing the hell out of that bunker. And I love it. Like, and, she's yeah. chewing the scenery like crazy in there. And she just was just giving the speech about how I, I'm very scared and I don't want to yeah. die. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that part hits you. It really it does. does you don't dislike Vicky, yeah. Because you can just imagine all these other people in this movie or the parts they're playing the characters are all probably feeling the same way there's 10 hours 8 hours 6 hours left now mm-hmm. they're all partying drinking have a good time now but the back of their head they know they're gonna fucking die today and it's gonna be pretty horrible yeah, and it's gonna hurt yeah <laughs> I'd play Russian roulette too I yeah. think yeah but from there on uh, James decides to leave but we do get a little bit of a, uh, a comic relief in this movie, which it does need. Oh, my God, yes. It did need this. Uh, so James is really good friends with uh, uh, Vicky's brother, who is, his name is Freddie. Mm-hmm. And he owns this whole villa that they're on, this whole party that's going on. And he has, like, a mohawk, and he's just wearing his underwear, his, his little his boxing little trunks. Speedos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes down into the bunker, and he's all pissed off. He gets pissed off at Vicky because she told him about the bunker and didn't let him tell him about it. Yeah. And so he's pretty much like, dude, we're not going to live. And he's like, dude, why are you ruining everything? Yeah. You know, like, Kill like joy. <laughs> <laughs> and that part is pretty funny. Now, during all this, too, he he lets Rose, the little girl, kind of go off on her own. Which terrified me. Yeah. During like, the... this is such a bad idea. But who gives a shit, though? There's well, only, that's what I mean. five hours left, right? Who gives a shit? So what are they going to do to this little girl right. in the last five hours? Yeah. But during this time, there's a woman 
who had lost her daughter mm-hmm. and sees Rose and wants her to be her daughter. So she's this woman's nuts. And keeps calling her Mandy and insists that that's her daughter. Yes. Yeah. So she's definitely had a traumatic experience. She's played by Sarah Snook of Succession fame. Yeah, they won, they won a Golden Globe, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, a couple of them. Couple. I forget what for, but yeah, I was like, wait, that lady looks really familiar. Yeah. Oh, right, because I saw her face at the Golden Globes. Yeah, got some stars in this, mm-hmm. this movie now. This woman gives Rose some molly. Yes, she does. So we might get to see a nice little 11-year-old fucking hallucinating and shit. That starts out fun, just like Molly starts out. Right, and then <laughs> not so fun. Yeah. But James... Uh, intervenes and gets her out of there and he ends up taking her to his mother's house james's mother's house mm-hmm. but let's back up a little bit because let's talk about okay. how they get out how do they get out okay so <coughs> freddie doesn't want them to leave um vicky's still in the bunker i don't think she's in the scene quite yet mm-hmm. freddie's pointing a gun at him really doesn't want him to leave um, James is insisting that he has to go, and the whole time, uh, Sarah Snook, billed as Mandy's mom, is freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, she's also tripping really hard, screaming that he's trying to steal my daughter, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, uh, Freddie's still pointing the gun, and then Vicky just walks out, takes the gun away from Freddie, and shoots Mandy's mom right in the face, mm-hmm. and then lets James go. Right. So, like, Vicky's a pretty cool character. Yeah, she she pretty much was like, hey, um, you love this other person, you don't love me. Just You're go. with her, just go and be yeah. with her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he leaves, but he takes, yeah, he take, ends up taking Rose to his mother's house, to which yeah. he was going to, he said he was going to go before the apocalypse happened, but he probably wasn't going to go see his mom. Right, and even his mom seemed to know that. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up at her house, and she's upset at first, but then lets him in and lets the girl kind of sleep off the molly. Give her some water, have her cool mm-hmm. off a little bit. And there's just a whole discussion between James and his mom. And she says, which is pertinent to the story and pertinent to the character of James, is that she says, like, I, I had said goodbye to you before many times. Yeah. So I pretty much, this last time, I, I pretty much just gave in anyway. and was, was cool with it that you weren't going to come by. She because she had just been imagining what she was going to say to him when he did come by, and right. before that, she go she had gone over to his sister's house and knocked, and nobody right. answered, and he said he went in uh-huh. and said they left a note. They're just right. gone, so he, he didn't did... even bring himself to tell her. Yeah, right, and why tell her anyway? Right, that would just mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Leave it that way. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty. I feel like that's the first kind of gut-wrenching part. Yeah. Is when they don't hug or anything. No, they don't. They don't have a great relationship with each other. Um, But they don't even say they love each other at the end. Right. And it's pretty pretty sad and kind of heartbreaking in a way. But, um, yeah, she just gave up on him in life. And then, hell, the last hours on Earth, he comes and sees her. And she's kind of surprised about it. And... The whole interaction is a really good part of this movie. And yeah. I, it really it really helps with the James character. Agreed. And this is Lynette Curran. Curran plays James's mom. She has 90 credits of TV and movies, none of which I've heard of. So mm-hmm. she's probably a guy at a place in Australia, but mm-hmm. I don't know who she is. Yeah. Going on from there, Rose comes back into consciousness and James is like, I'm going to take you to your aunt's house now. Get in the car, he says bye to his mom, 
and drives her to her aunt's. They go into the house. No one's there, and they search outside and everything, and James goes off into one way. Rose goes another way. And then James runs into her family, which they're all dead, mm-hmm. and they all had killed each other. It looks like gunshots to the yeah, to the heart. Like, mm-hmm. And he finds Rose's dad, which um, they they'd shown a picture before of her of him and Rose. Like, mm-hmm. um, so he saw a picture of of her and on on his on him. Yeah. Um, goes to return to Rose, and she wants to go see her family, but he's like, "Yeah, they're." Her dad, you know, mm-hmm. you can't go over there. He ends up bringing her dad to 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 her to give her a little bit of closure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what she needed. And he's like, "All right, I'm. We should go." And she's like, "No, I'm gonna stay here with my dad. I want to be together with him. That's what he wanted, and that's what I want. So, you, why don't you leave? There's still time to be with the person you love. Why don't you leave now?" And he does. He gets back in the car, and go ahead, you tell him the part that made you I'm cry. I'm already crying. <laughs> she says, I'm going to watch you until I can't see you anymore. And he's like, she's like, will you watch me until you can't see me anymore? And he's like, yes. But what she does when he drives away, she chases after him and smiling and waving. Right, and yeah. he's like slowly losing his shit over it and waving yes. at her and... Oh my god, it's really hard to watch. <laughs> Finally, they don't cut back to her, but the whole time I was just like begging the movie, like, please don't cut back to her again. I can't. I can't see her anymore. And that was a great part that they didn't just cut in and put yeah. in like her behind or anything. They focused in on James, and they focused in on his acting, which was great in that scene. You could see him just being so distressed and then just... just finally start crying and just letting everything out finally feeling it yeah yeah and it was and it was great i love that scene it was a good 30 seconds yeah and he's and fuck he's got like an hour left he's Mm -hmm. rushing to go see his old lady and we learned earlier in the movie too that he was gonna be a father she was pregnant and Mm -hmm. she tells him that and he kind of freaks out and that's kind of the reason why he left too but right uh so he's he's plowing he's going to to meet her and she lives on the beach so he's driving his car, his car starts fucking up, he's on fire, like, oh shit, like, I'm not gonna make flames. it, yeah. burst into the flames. He's like a few miles away, so he starts running, he gets to her house, she's not there, and he, he walks into one room, and you can see through like this room's big window that the f- engulfing flames are, are on the way, are coming straight towards him, yeah, from a few ocean. miles away in the ocean. He walks outside, goes to the beach, and sees her on the beach, and he goes and joins her and apologizes, and she's fucking pissed. She's like, why did you fucking leave me alone? And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm messed up, I'm here, I love you. And they embrace. Seems like it's something he's never said to her before. Right, yeah. I love you, yeah. And they say, she says it back, they kiss and hug and watch as the end comes near and it cuts to black. Well, she says, oh. it's so beautiful. Yeah, and then cuts to black, cuts to white, and then the credits go. Perfect ending in this movie. Definitely. Now, what I really didn't talk about through this whole movie right now is that <coughs> it's kind of religious. It's a, There are religious undertones to this movie. Okay. Uh, a lot of the characters sport 
uh, like crucifixes. We uh-huh. see that Rose um, believes in God. She's oh, Christian, Catholic, whatever. Uh-huh. And it isn't towards the end of the movie that we get to see James's tattoo of a cross on him that he has on his, his arm. So this is a, like a story of redemption. And a feather on his shoulder, like coming down from his shoulder, which you notice at the very beginning. Or what does that symbolize? Angel or some Angel shit? Angel wings? Or maybe. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Good, good catch. Thank you. But yeah, this is a story of redemption of a guy who did <coughs> shitty things and wanted to make up for it at the end by saving this girl and, and giving her peace. Yeah. And then being with the woman that he truly loves. Right. And he accomplishes that all, all of that, redeems himself, and that's the end of the movie. And then you and I sat and tried to get a grip for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> this movie really does put you in that mindset it when does. you start to watch it. Like, yeah. what would I do? Would I go out and party? Would I go out and murder people? What would I do? Uh-huh. And how would I end this life? And shit. Yeah, um, it's strangely relatable. Yeah, you, you really can't. start to think about what you do. Yeah. And then you see all these other people doing things. You're like, fuck, maybe I wouldn't go to a party like that. You know, yeah. it's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what would I do? Yeah, and like when she, when he won't have sex with Vicky, I mean, he's just seen his sister and his nieces all dead. Like, yeah. not really in the mood for this. Yeah. yeah. How can anybody be in the mood for anything, yeah. really? But yeah, this is a really good movie. I give it my, my grade of an A. <coughs> I also give it an A. I liked it a lot. I walked in with no expectations. I really thought you were just showing it to me to prove that I'd seen it before. Kind of, fine, but not fine. <laughs> but I was really surprised at how much I liked it. Yes, it's a very good present apocalyptic movie. Yeah. <laughs> Pre to present apocalyptic movie. Um, there are, I, I believe, between eight and nine billion kills in this movie. Yeah. Um, Whole population of the world. Gone. (laughs) Uh, I'm just talking about humans, too. Yeah. Uh, And finally here, for for the last of this movie, is that I also like to pick this one, too, because now I think we're entering World War III. Yeah, it's scary. And I think that's the other part of the reason we had trouble (laughs) calming down when it was over. And especially what's happening in Australia now. Yeah. So this is... uh, on fire. This was a... a, um, a good movie to watch right now, and especially with everything going on. But I definitely check this one out. This is this is really good. Under eighty minutes long. Yeah. They get through everything quick. Nothing sappy about it. There's no bullshit. I agree, and I I mean no, I really don't think there's anything sappy about it. It really moved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want a moving movie, mm-hmm. then this one's for you. Um. I can't really say it's a horror movie. It's not. This is, a, I guess, a drama. A drama. That's this is what a I would fucking call it. drama. With some machete death. Yeah, there's some deaths <laughs> in here. There's a Russian roulette death. There's pistol deaths. A <laughs> bunch of other shit we probably didn't see. But yeah, this is a really good movie. And I want to see his other shit now, too, because. Yeah, me too. Uh, he has another apocalyptic movie that I, I just saw today. So maybe we'll check that one out. I forgot not, the name of just it. Just let me recover from this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you guys for joining us once again. We've got a bunch of cool movies coming out this year. I got a few of them lined up. Uh, I have another redemption movie coming up, but it isn't <laughs> it isn't as good. It the, was going to uh, be this movie of the week. Uh, no, no, oh, not at not all. That That's not a redemption right. movie. That's just a badass sci-fi adventure. We'll 
Anyway, I must uh, have never seen that one. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, you can't see. You can't see shit about this movie. You haven't even seen it yet. You're giving me flack. Don't give me flack on on cool fucking movies of the week that movies are coming of the week up. That'll come up soon. It won't, I don't think it'll be. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end of our elaborate plans, the end of everything that stands, the end, no safety or surprise, the end. Strangers have been on